You're listening to the Laugh Button Podcast on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. Welcome to another episode of the Lap Button Podcast, everybody. My name is Mark Seaman. His is Matt Klein-Schmidt. How you doing, man? What's up, buddy? How you doing? Very excited for today's episode. Yeah. It's, uh, it goes above and beyond what we've done here in the past. <laughs> it's really cool. We are, uh, we're live at the Sonos store in uh, New York City. Yeah, the flagship store. We want to, first of all, just say thank you to Sonos. Yeah, they hooked us up with this awesome room. Yeah, we are in a, uh, what's, it's like a, it's a, it's a living room. We're, yeah, they it's, built it's a, a, it's living a living room. room. It's, it's definitely a living room, and we're inside it. And the soundproofing is just unbelievable. Yeah, and we can sit in here, hang out, test all the Sonos gear, which yeah. we've been doing. We've been messing around with the music as we get ready for today's podcast. We they have vinyl in here, Matt. Yeah, some Nina Simone vinyl over yep. there. Yeah, the you can play stuff right off your phone. I see Talking Heads, Daft Punk. So cool. The new Avalanches records over there, too. So, yeah, if you're ever in New York City, make sure you swing by the Sonos uh, flagship store in, down on in Green Soho. Yeah, yep, down on, on Green Street. Street. Soho. It's a really cool place. But very cool. we're very excited because we're, we're we're breaking some new ground here. Mm-hmm. We're doing our first ever podcast taping live from the Sonos store. Totally. And uh, we've got an amazing first guest, one of the kids in the hall. Kevin McDonald, dude. That's right. Kevin McDonald's joining this us. One. Yeah, I'm very pumped. Yeah, he's uh, he's down here in New York City. He's a part of the New York Comedy Festival, which is going on now through the weekend. Mm-hmm. And it's this is the epicenter of comedy right now. It's all happening in New York City. Literally too many shows to mm-hmm. even begin to mention or name. Everybody in comedy is here this week, including Kevin. And yep. he launched a podcast, which we'll talk to him about. And uh, he was kind enough to spend some time with us and join yeah. us. And, and uh, so much to talk about from brain candy and, <laughs> and uh, being a crossing guard and, we and talk some other about fun stuff comedy yeah we talk about the kids in the hall we talk about a lot of music There's yeah a lot, a lot of, of music, music talk. talk he's a big music fan so mm-hmm. and you know you and i are as well so absolutely we, i feel like half the conversation we could have probably had an entire podcast just talking about music which would be great so yes definitely yeah, and awesome. uh and of course the uh new york comedy festival is underway we went yep. to the mitch hedberg tribute uh, at uh, caroline's last night at the mm-hmm. at the time of the taping of this podcast and uh, it was really cool lynn shawcroft showed up uh mitch's widow and uh, some longtime friends from Artie Lang and David Tom Tell. Rhodes and Tom David Rhodes. Tell. And they all showed up. They told stories. They gave out some of the new limited edition vinyl box set that this Comedy Central Records looks is putting incredible. out. It looks incredible. It's, it's so dope. Four or five records. Mm-hmm. All the albums. It's all his albums. New photos, new album art, all this kind of stuff. It looks like 180 gram vinyl. Like, yes. It looks like it's a... it's. It, I th- it's probably retails it, for like 100 bucks, but it's like worth every penny. Absolutely. It's, incredible it's one of those ones you want to buy and not... Touch. Yeah, you want to buy two, one yeah. to open and exactly. one to just kind of put on the shelf to kind of like, you know, have it sit on the shelf and be awesome. So, and yeah. we got to see a whole bunch of cool uh, unseen videos and footage from yeah. Mitch's career, live performances. Behind the scenes interviews. The most awkward interview I've ever seen in my life. Very awkward interview, but it was funny as shit. And that's why they played it, because it was like, it was very awkward and funny. And I think what, what was kind of relayed with that uh, with that perform- with that uh, tribute was... How like Mitch wasn't this like weird shadowy guy like he was like right. fun he was vibrant he was like laughing he was making fun of you and he wasn't like this weird like shy dude that kind of like w- went off stage and like retreated into a corner somewhere which he you kind of got that impression sometimes by looking at him on the stage and, that, and they're all basically like no that's the absolute opposite of what kind of person Mitch Hedberg was so really eye opening stuff so it was great it was great. 
Good times. And then what else we got going on this week? We're presenting the Chris D'Elia show. That's right. Uh, at, at Starling Ballroom Thursday night. Uh, we're going to uh, see the Impractical Jokers, Nitro Circus. Nitro Circus. Live, live special. I'll be checking out Tim Minchin. Tim Minchin. We, we got, got people, some parties to go to. We got people hitting Eric Andre. We got people hitting Fred Armisen. Yep. Uh, Trevor Noah. They're all in town. You might hit up Bill Maher. So yep, yep. We'll be all over the place. So uh, we're really looking forward to it. New York Comedy Festival. I love this time of year. First of all, it's it's also time of year to be in New York. Second of all, all your favorite comedians are in town. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got Kevin McDonald because he was in town and willing to do this, and like, he was awesome. It's, it's the like, best. Oh, it was the best. This so, is our Christmas. Th- Christmas this is in a, November. This is a good time of year, so we're pretty excited about this. Excited to be here at the Sonos Store. Excited about Kevin McDonald. Excited about the New York Comedy Festival. Excited about everything here. All right, so uh, right now we are going to be joined by Kevin McDonald, the kids in the hall. All right, Matt. Very excited to uh, have somebody join us here in our, our sort of pseudo home. It's our living room. Yes, yeah, is our new living room at the, Got the uh, Nina Simone records over here. We do have Nina Simone at the ready in case we need it. Uh, you never know. But we're hanging out here at the uh, Sonos flagship store in New York City, and they've kind of they've been kind enough to give us a, a nice living room setup here and an isolation booth. I feel like I'm on a quiz show. <laughs> and uh, we're joined by uh, Kevin McDonald of Kids in the Hall. How you doing, sir? I'm doing very fine. Thank you very much for asking. Uh, here, I'll get my mic perfect there. Uh, how's it? Oh, this is good. Thank you very much. Oh, oh I broke oh, no. the thing. I'm sorry. I broke the mic stand. I'll pay for it, I swear. <laughs> oh, we haven't paid for it, so don't don't I'm worry. So, I'm so sorry. Uh, will this take 45 minutes to fix it? With? I'm so sorry. I'm so well, sorry. Kevin, while we... While I was trying to be too comfortable. Yes, well, we're trying to fix it. Am I in your way? Here, I'll, I'll go here. I'm moving away from the uh, the repairing area. <laughs> there, I, I was so comfortable and I've lost everything trying to get more comfortable. Well, you you did say when you came in here, I need to wake up. Yes. We planted a dummy mic stand for you. It, it worked. You're, you're freaking out. You're now awake. I now awake. Yes. So uh, I, I think it worked. Yes, the dummy mic stand. Uh, that old thing worked again. Yes. Well, it's good to see you. And uh, as I tell all the guests, you know, first and foremost, congratulations on all the success you've ever had. Much continued success. That's and, very nice. And you were in New York City. Uh, you're part of the New York Comedy Festival. You had yes. a big show yesterday, which is very cool. So yes. just fill us in. What I, went down? I had a very tiny big show uh, at the <laughs> New York Comedy Festival um, uh, in Brooklyn at the Union Hall. It was a... Um, Love that room, by the way. It's a great room. Yeah, it's a very cool room. It's a great room. And um, there's bowling upstairs. Yes, there is. <laughs> yes. A lot of people without socks and sandals bowling. <laughs> It's uh, kind of strange, right? <laughs> it's kind of strange. Yeah, welcome back to America. I don't know. We, yeah, yeah, we try exactly. to confuse you every time you come. So. Exactly. <laughs> we don't wear any socks anymore. Uh, and um, it was sort of half a New York festival show. Mm-hmm. Uh, here, I'll wait a second. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, let, it, <laughs> let, let, the, let the glue dry. Let the glue dry. Let the glue dry. And it was also for my podcast, the yes. uh, Kevin McDonald's Kevin McDonald Show. Brand new podcast. Brand new podcast. Cool. Well, I'm trying to do it old school. By old school, I mean like 1930s, uh, make it like a radio Jack Benny kind of show thing, a variety show where where there's sketch comedy and there's uh, mm-hmm. and the guests and there's interviews and there's comedy monologues by me, unfortunately, and um, <laughs> and I'm also trying to do uh, like a break the reality kind of thing where I have fake uh, arguments with my um, the producer, like uh, the Jack Benny did with Rochester, and that's mm-hmm. what we did last night, and uh, I think it did much better than the lack of laughter. I really. <laughs> Hey, you know what's great about laughter? You it's can not always, always plug it in later. <laughs> yes. Right? It's sitcoms it. do it all the time. Yeah, you sweeten it up. Yes. Now, first question I want to ask you is, why, why is there so much self-deprecation when it comes to comedy? 
I don't know if it's a Canadian thing. I mean, I'm from Northeast Ohio, so I'm like right there on the border of you're, Canada. You're sort of spiritually Canadian. Yeah, yeah. I've drank <laughs> enough Labatt's Blue over my time to yes. sort of, it's running through the veins. But self-deprecation is like sort of this this root of comedy, I feel like, in that neck of the woods. Yes. Where, where do you think that stems from? Why, why is that the case? We Canadians, uh, in grade three, in grade three, they hit us right away with uh, hammering that we're not Americans and we're not as good as Americans, <laughs> but we should think that we are as good as Americans. Right away, they, they give us the... <laughs> the, the self-conscious kind of feeling that we're that uh, we're like aliens. We look like you, but we're nowhere near as good as you. Um, but then at the same time, they go, "It's ridiculous. Of course, you're as good as you, but you're not as good as you." And um, we've and I always felt that. Um, if uh, the United States were a stand-up comedian, they would be Andrew Dice Clay, and, and Canada would be Woody Allen. Oh, that's actually that's, that's a, great a really analogy. great way to put it. That's a fantastic way to put that's it. A, where was that in fourth grade when I needed it, right? Yes. Uh, I should become a fourth grade teacher. That's my point. <laughs> we never we never got anything like that. We never got the... Uh, yeah, we're, we're better the, than the pamph- Canada. The we're better than yeah, your pamphlet. pamphlet. Yeah, yeah. Because, <laughs> because when you're so good and strong, you don't care about the little guy. I guess. I never yeah, thought. but you guys have such a better theme song. Like your oh, national, anthem national anthem crushes, yeah. especially at the very end, you have that one natural note yes. that happens that just puts it over the top. And I was always oh, a yes. fan of that. Yes. And and my my dad's like, Do you, you're, you're gonna want to keep that under wraps, <laughs> you know? Don't you know voice that opinion? But I did. I was always a fan of like when the Canadian hockey teams would come or the Blue Jays would come to town and play because then you get the double bonus of someone else's theme song. Kinda, yeah, and that was great. That's kind of stirring. Uh, but don't you guys <laughs> don't you have the advantage that your uh, anthem was written by a guy in prison? Yeah, that that is the case. Yeah, yeah it was uh, prison after watching a fight or a battle. What was he like? Uh. Seeing something explode over the horizon. Oh, so he was stirred. That's yeah, 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 yeah. Because the the bomb, the rockets right glare. He was right. watching like, explosions happen over in prison. See, if I wrote the song, be oh my god, what's gonna happen to me? I'm in prison. <laughs> oh my god, are they? What are they gonna do to me? I'm in prison. <laughs> There's a lot of gunshots. I'm scared. I'm in prison. <laughs> Hold me. <laughs> Whereas the Canada's national anthem was probably um, like Prince in Purple Rain, written lying on his bed with a bag of chips. And, uh... <laughs> it's how the best songs are ever written. They take ten minutes and you're done. You yes. Know? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what made you want to take the dive into podcasting, like full steam ahead? You know, you've you got the new venture. It's very cool that you're doing this, and and aptly titled. Uh, I'm a big meta guy, so anybody who names it the thing after the thing, yes, is I'm already on board. I so. guess that is meta. Uh, Kevin McDonald's Kevin McDonald's show. Yes. Uh, well, it was an accident. Um, uh, I, I'll tell you the whole boring story, and I'll every now and then I'll make a funny noise to make it less boring. <laughs> uh, like that. Got it. Okay. I was right. listening. To- I, I'm going to send our fully artist on the break. So it's just, <laughs> sorry, Mike. See you later. Sorry. Uh- <laughs> So it all started when I was listening to Todd Rundgren's uh, podcast of um, uh, Todd Rundgren. Whoa, ho, ho! Uh, and uh, my friend Phil sent it to me, uh, who lives in New York, and um, we talked about music, and he said, Kevin, uh, you should do a podcast where you uh, interview musicians because you like music so much. And uh, then I did, But then they got the Union Hall, and we, I, I was going to interview uh, the Crash Test Dummy guys, Brad uh, Roberts, sure. and then... Uh, <laughs> See, it's not a boring story. Uh, and then I said, well, we have a whole theater. Why waste it? I'm a comedian. Let's make it a whole variety show. Make yeah. the music interview um, just uh, a part of it. And that's my story. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And of course, Crash Test Dummies, hail from Canada as yes, well. Yes, So you're keeping a locally farm, farm yes. fed and that's, raised. And yes, yes, farm fed and raised. <laughs> farm fed and raised? That's what uh, I do. I, I you know what I'm ga- trying to say. Local I interview farming, the guests, then yeah. I uh, cook them and feed them. Yeah, yes. it's <laughs> farm to table. Farm to yeah, table. farm to table. Well, that's what I'm looking for. Farm the table, yes. And also, I'm, I happen by accident to be living in Winnipeg at the moment because I fall in love with the Winnipeg woman, and that's where the accidentally. Are from. I've accidentally. 
<laughs> I've actually been living in Winnipeg, and that's where the dummies are from. So. Sure, yeah. sure. And but he lives in New York now. And they've been confusing with their hockey situation as well. Like they've come and gone, and they're, yeah, they're, they're back. back. Are you guys hockey fans? I, I'm a big. I grew up a huge Hartford Whalers fan because we didn't have a oh. an NHL team in Cleveland where I'm from. Ron it, Francis, right? Yeah, Ronnie Francis. He's like, man. He was my favorite player. <laughs> I have a Ron <laughs> Francis jersey, Green Whalers uh, jersey number ten, which was my favorite <laughs> number. I'm a big Ronnie Francis guy. He was, he was great. He was great. Um, yeah, hockey's hockey's great. Matt, sports, sports, sports. That's yeah, what I usually when I say when that that's happens. That's so much a sports guy. I, I know sports. I just don't follow them. Like I, I know how I know how to play. I know how the, the game of football played is played. The game of hockey is played. I played soccer in high school growing up, but right. I, I kind of lost. Like, but it's third and two. You know what that means? Yes, absolutely. Right. right. And I understand and what it takes to get a first down. <laughs> and, third know, Avenue, Second I'm, Street. Yeah, exactly. It's third. <laughs> and a second. full yeah, count. Right, it's right over here. Yeah. You know what a full count? Full count. Yeah. I know. I know the terminology. I know how the games are played. How many periods there are in a game? There's three. Yeah, right. I can yeah. speak a little German to get by. Yeah, that's basically what it is. It's exactly what it is. It's like I can I can find the train station and the bathroom. You yeah, know, but, uh, it has two yeah. most important things you need. But I, couldn't, but I couldn't tell you who played like third base for like the 1968 Yankees or something like that. Yeah, I couldn't tell you all that. Kind of stuff. Now, now, Kevin, another very important question I need to talk to you about, and this goes back to my childhood. Yes. Uh, because when I was the oldest kid in the grade school, like for us, or for, for at least where I grew up in Ohio, it went K through four and then five through eight. So whenever I was the oldest one, for some reason, I was the guy that was trustworthy, and I I, I became the crossing guard. And, <laughs> and and let's just say I looked up to you, man, because when, when senior trip came oh, out, oh, I see where it's going. Right, I right. was like, finally, right. some redemption, <laughs> you know. And then people were like, I'm not sure if that character's safe, you know. So so then it was confusing once again, but. But I too played a, a crossing guard in real life, and, and that's something you wow. did. And, yes, yes. And uh, how was that role for you? If, if you could talk well, about that one in particular, for for uh, my sake. First of all, it was amazing because it was shot in Toronto, where I was living, and it was uh, shot three blocks from my house. The, the oh, crossing wow. guard street was uh, so was that's like why you took the job house. because you could walk much, to it. <laughs> pretty much, because I could walk. To, I find I'm also uh, I'm, I'm much funnier if I if I sleep close to where I perform. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> we had a long couch here for you. We didn't have to do the yeah, whole uh, mic stand rigmarole. Uh, uh, you didn't have to break the mic yeah. uh, for me. Uh, uh, and it was fun. It was the Kelly Macon was the director, who was the Kids in the Hall uh, director of, uh, right. of some, um, some films, and then later Brain Candy. Yeah, and that was Great fun. Movie. But uh, my favorite crossing—it's not a crossing guard movie, but my favorite movie that has a crossing guard thing is Albert Brooks, um, uh, Lost in America, where at the end he has to take a job because his wife has uh, bet all all their money in Vegas. And so, um, uh, well, I'll just cut to the uh, the end part of that scene where kill the children, come and kill the children, come on cars, kill the children because they're making fun of. Her. <laughs> That's where you do your inspiration. That's where I do my inspiration, yeah. Albert Brooks. <laughs> Did you keep? Did you get to keep the the equipment? You know the stuff inside uh, the vest. Do you hang on to that for Halloween parties? I, I think I kept play. the socks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, role play, <laughs> role play, <laughs> You can come into the room. You can't come into the room. You know. All right. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, well, thank you for answering that, Frank. Just because uh, you know, I, 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 I too once was that guy, and it's it was definitely a, a left to center movie. Like you don't really think of that. Sure. You know? Yeah, it was a TBS showed it as their cult comedy, one of their cult comedy classics. Yeah, but definitely, definitely. Uh, Scott Thompson when it, when it opened, Scott Thompson, the kitchen. All. Sure. Yeah. Uh, apparently, not only about, he was with Paul Bellini, the guy in the towel uh, in our mm-hmm. show, was a friend. Not only did Bellini tell me this, but three different times in my life, three different strangers said, "I was in the movie theater that day." Did you know what Scott Thompson? When the movie was over, I guess he didn't like the movie. He stood up and said, "You've ruined Kevin McDonald. <laughs> you, you, New Line Cinema. You've ruined Kevin McDonald." 
And, and it's a true story because people said, you know, I was in the movie theater one day and Scott Thompson and your troops stood up and said, that's so funny. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. Um, there, there was he's a, looking out for you, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Oh, his heart was in the right place. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, uh, you know, I don't want to dance around uh, dance around the deed for too long, but but we've got to ask you a couple kids in the hall questions because it is so legendary and Please. a huge inspiration Please. to me personally. Yeah, and I know absolutely. Matt as well Please. here. And, you know, we, we grew up watching you. Uh, for me at least explain life that th- you should operate this way and you'll be okay yeah you know that's that's basically how my dad introduced comedy to me and, and he was like you gotta check out kids in the hall these guys are great wow and that's great yeah, yeah my dad was very big into in, into that and and i can't thank him enough for you know bringing comedy into my life and that's but okay. but you're a big part of that uh you know piece of that pie and yeah you're at that stage too. where i'm assuming everybody that comes up to you is just like oh my god you know th- this changed my life and that and the other thing it's either you that know. or can you tell me the time sir <laughs> <laughs> It's got to be a nice feeling to be able to kind of half be noticed, half not yes, be noticed, I guess. Yes, yes. Yeah, you do get to live. Uh, you the know, people that I notice have. you look like me, they're chubby, have beards, and breathe very heavily through their mouths, I'm sure. He's a very handsome man. <laughs> yeah. It's not like, you know, models walking around and be like, hey, I uh, I love your show. Yeah. Hey, I don't know you, man. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a every uh, fiver, every fifth person recognized. Okay. Oh, is it one out of five doctors? <laughs> I'm a one out of five. <laughs> notice you. <laughs> I'm a one out of five doctors guy. But it's it's got to feel pretty good, and but at the same time, you know, like anybody would, you want to move on and you want to create other things in this this field you've chosen. And and it is nice to go back and do touchstones. Like you've you've reunited here in New York, which I got to see. I, yes. Was it the Best Buy Theater at that time? I can't remember. It's changed its name a million times. It toured a little bit a couple of years ago. It was it was I, in I Times Square. Know, so it probably was. It probably was. Yeah. And and obviously GFL, you guys reunited and stuff. So it is cool to kind of go back and put that glove on, but. Now that you are sort of away from it enough, what comes to mind really when when you wake up or someone does bring it to your attention? What's the first instinctual reaction when you think about kids in the hall? Uh, goodness and uh, when I was back there in, in, in uh, season two, this sort of uh, defined the way that I look at it nowadays. Uh, season three, I read. Um, I, I couldn't think of an idea. It was a writing uh, like month, and I couldn't think of an idea for an hour, so I read a newspaper. And Dave Thomas from SCTV was doing an article. He was in Grace Under Fire, and he was doing mm-hmm. well. But he said, um, I wish I had enjoyed the SCTV days because we wrote everything we wanted, and we uh, we were producers, and we told the networks what to do. We were in the, And I was in the same position with the kids in the hall. So for the, um, the next two and a half years, I walked around consciously enjoying it. I said, <laughs> I'm going to try my best to enjoy this because uh, it, like, it won't last forever. And like, Why is Kevin taking pictures every three I'm seconds? I'm enjoying this it! Is, this is Nicole, a- you enjoy this! You enjoy this? Take a picture. We're enjoying this. This won't last. <laughs> Get someone here to draw this immediately. I apologize, stenographers. I threw a I threw a twenty dB cushion on you from your last outburst. So, <laughs> so I got good. you, Kevin. I got you. So good. I can uh, twenty dB. That's good. Uh, and so, um, and I'm lucky enough that every few years we uh, get back together and we either write new stuff for a tour. We wrote that miniseries we did a few years sure. ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Death Comes to Town. Uh, but it is. Um, it is the creative nirvana of all of our lives. I mean, uh, Dave and Mark are so happy that they're in um, uh, network t- uh, network TV shows, mm-hmm. um, uh, and they're happy, and it's a great life. But it, what even happier is that they get to write their own uh, stuff for the kids in the home, and uh, and we argue, and that's fun, and we agree, and that's fun, and <laughs> uh, so um, and and I don't think of it as the past because we're always uh, doing stuff. I sure. Mean, uh, I get I get it now. Um, uh, wives and uh, boyfriends will come and go, um, uh, but at the funeral <laughs> will be the five of us. You know? uh. <laughs> so, are you guys gonna have just one big 
a casket that you're all going to go in? Is that how it's going to end? Like the or? Three Stooges or the Monkeys? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> One goes, you all have to go yeah, with them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the equivalent of like uh, the widow throwing herself on the burning pyre. Yeah, exactly. Where the husband goes. <laughs> there goes Kevin. Exactly. There goes Dave. Thompson's <laughs> not feeling well. Keep him healthy. I don't want to go in his coffin. Bubble, bubble, get him in there. Get him in. <laughs> are there any uh, just moments from the the from from kids? I'm sure there are that like just yeah. stick out in your mind of like, oh my god, I can't believe this happened. Uh, well, here's a kind of neat moment. Uh, it's a New York moment. Oh, cool, oh, cool. Um, Lord Michaels was our producer, and mm-hmm. he um, he brought us up to New York or down, I guess geographically, he brought us down to New York yeah. from Toronto, um, so we could sign the contract uh, for the TV show um, um, in his office. Uh, we had just done the pilot, and HBO said yes, so we came and we signed the contract. I, I guess we didn't have to do that way, but it was kind of a nice treat. So we signed the contract. We're kind of excited. Um, uh, we say, bye, Lord, and we, uh, we're, we're in the hallway, <laughs> and we're at the elevator, and, and the elevator door opens, and who is it but our old friend who was in the troupe for like a second, Mike Myers. Oh, wow. And Mike Myers said, guys, what are you doing here? We just signed with Lord Michaels' TV show. What are you doing here, Mike? Uh, I'm going to sign uh, to be a, a featured guy on Saturday Night Live. Oh, that's so cool. And it was like a, an amazing Toronto. Um, wow. Uh, but bigger than Toronto. <laughs> Toronto, sure. take it over. New York City was Toronto for day. They lit <laughs> yeah. up the Empire State Building in the blue and the white. I wish. But, yeah. I wish. Uh, the, there was Because there was like a scene. Uh, there was like the kids in the hall. Yeah, and um, 100%. Norm MacDonald and Mike Myers and several other people who are doing very well in Canada that you may not have heard of. Um, you can uh, name drop, please. So people Sean can... Cullen. Yeah, I love uh, Sean Cullen. Uh, do you like Sean Cullen? Yeah. Do you know? Sean... Absolutely. And Corking the Juice Pigs? I don't know. that. What's that? That's the group that he was in. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know that. Th- that's when he was starting. And the, the other Juice Pigs um, uh, are, are also doing well. Oh, but Sean cool. Cullen is uh, like a comedy genius. Sure. Brent Budd. Do you know Brent Budd from uh, Corner Gas? That's sort not. of our Seinfeld. Okay. Uh, okay. Our Seinfeld. <laughs> the Canadian Seinfeld. <laughs> that's the Canadian Seinfeld. In terms of popularity, it has nothing to do with like he, uh, uh, it was a one-horse town in Saskatchewan, and he runs a gas station. But it was, a, but he was a great comic mm-hmm. who got a, a show, and uh, it was like the, we had this great scene going, and it felt um, for like it was like Liverpool, the Beatles, and the Dave Clark Five. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, but that's uh, that's one moment. There's several moments. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, here's a good moment. Okay. Okay. This is a good <laughs> right. moment. Kevin uh, McDonald's <laughs> is officially awake. <laughs> yeah, just for the record, yeah, exactly. he's good to yeah, go. Yeah, I'll get away from things I can break. <laughs> Mark the time. Uh, yeah, one more moment, then I'll let you guys ask more questions. Okay. Um, this is a few months before the other uh, story I just told you. Mm-hmm. Um, we had done our pilot, and we were waiting to find out if um, HBO had uh, signed us. It was the summer um, of '88. Uh, it was two weeks, and we thought, well, HBO is taking its time. They may not sign us. We're a club act then. Well, uh, so we were like uh, going to do our next uh, club show. At our cavern club, that's Beatles talk for uh, <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sure. And then, um, but uh, sorry. <laughs> Again, I got the DB Kush. You're good to go. Thank you very much. You're in a padded room now. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, I am. I literally yeah, soundproof. They're not kidding. I yeah. am literally. We are together. Yeah, go ahead. Try to clap. You won't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. So uh, it was a summer uh, Olympics was going on. Okay. And Ben Johnson, do you remember the Ben sure. Johnson? Sure. Yeah. He the, won the, the Canadian gold. And we were like so happy with the kids and all. We were, we saw it together like the monkeys would have, and mm-hmm. we were crying. And then that uh, this morning, that morning, uh, the story that I'm talking about, um, f- I think it was the first time, at least the first time it ever happened famously, they took away his gold because of um, steroids. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, it was the first steroid thing, and we were so depressed. And we went to the theater where we were rehearsing, um, and. Uh, we were we were depressed, uh, but we were trying to like get through it because uh, when you're Canadian, that's all you think about. You're Canadian. Yeah. Sometimes you think you're a Kindle Hall, but then. <laughs> <laughs> 
Canadian first, kid in whole Canadian second. Canadian first, kid in whole second. Right, got it. Uh, and so we were sad. And then all of a sudden, I remember her name, Catherine May, who worked at the theater, said, uh, Mark, uh, Lauren Michaels is on the call with, uh, for you. Well, uh, Lauren would only talk to Mark because Mark, we were all like blue collar. Our dads were drunks, but Mark was a diplomat. So, <laughs> He had his stuff together. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so he like he knew uh, he knew what an appetizer and a aperitif was. Oh, okay, there you go. <laughs> what wine order? So Lauren always talked to Mark. <laughs> so funny. The sophisticated yeah. kid. <laughs> yeah, the sophisticated kid. We were white trash. <laughs> so the white trash stayed and waited, and, we, we, and then um, uh, I don't know why I told the Ben Johnson thing because <laughs> it has no ending. Except the we're still, still holding the grudge, man. Still, still holding, holding the grudge. grudge. I'm still holding the grudge. It was just syrup. It, it wasn't just syrup. There were no drugs. It was yeah, like what's the baseball thing? Red juice. The yeah. <laughs> greenies. Red, yeah. yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, so then um, uh, Mark came and said, "Wait, you here? Wait, you, what? My what is it?" And then he, he was in the state of shock. Wait, you here? Wait, because we thought we if we were lucky. We get six episodes. Mm-hmm. He said, "Wait, you here? What? What is it, Mark?" And then he said, um, uh, "We got the show." And we said, "Well, how many episodes? Six, eight? He said, 20. 20 episodes a season. And uh, that's the end of my story. But it's, uh, it's a and then you're like, now we have to write all of this. Now we have to, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Jo- Joy goes to Carpal Tunnel, goes to <laughs> Sleepless Nights. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Except that was uh, another moment because there was a writer's strike in the CBC. So we oh, ended wow. up, instead of just having a, a month to write, like which became the norm, we had like six months to write. Oh, okay. So by the time we started shooting, we had, uh, by the fourth or fifth month, we had learned how to write cut two comedy. And uh, like TV comedy and... Um, the, the first few uh, episodes are like, uh, the scenes are like short uh, one-act plays. And then they sort of, uh, but we, we were learning how to write. To, that, that, that's not a, the answer to your question. But it's something <laughs> interesting if you're a kid in the hall. No, it's totally interesting. I mean, I just remember like, you were on the air. I was probably like 9, 10. So like, I actually think I was exposed to the kids in the hall almost before SNL. Because we had just gotten HBO. Yeah, it's and funny I you mention that. I feel the same. I, I remember two specific sketches sticking out in my head. The Office Submarine sketch. Oh, yeah. Written by Norm Hiscock. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That one. And uh, the Einstein one, where you're dressed as Einstein, you walk up to Dave Foley, who's a yeah. painter. What are you, painting? And he's yeah. like, what are you, Einstein? You figure that out? And the cutaway. Oh, that, that's those, a fun one. Yeah, there's like the two sketches that stick out in my head all the time. I'm watching as a child. And I don't I don't know what season they were or whatever, but I was, I was 10 or 11 when I watched these sketches. Uh, and Office you, Submarine could have been season five. Five and okay. uh, Einstein was either season two or season three. Okay, nice. so I was probably like 12, 13 then. Okay. So that's crazy. And did you yeah. go to school immediately and reenact them? Because oh, that's what I did oh, after I did every that. episode. All the time. All the time. It was it was myself and two of my closest friends. We immediately went and reperformed every <laughs> for the people who didn't have HBO. Yeah, right. Yeah. It was like we got you, and uh, and we redid everything. We tried to write down as much as we could and just mimic. It was yeah. crazy. Yeah. When I was a kid, they did that too because uh, I'm so old. Uh, to Monty <laughs> Python. Yeah, oh, sure. Yeah. And sure. I remember being mad at the talent show. They, they had their fake uh, British accents and uh, the funny scarf things on their heads. Mm-hmm. And they, sure. And I was so mad at them. That's my group, Monty Python. You don't understand it. You're just copying it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you're, you're not smart enough to get Monty Python. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you're getting the external feature. It's like someone starting a heavy metal band in 1976 and say they're inspired by Led Zeppelin, but that just meant taking their shirt off and yeah. uh, and playing the guitar. And wearing very right. tight jeans. With a, with, yeah, with, <laughs> with a bow. With the bow. Absolutely. Yeah, with the bow. That's was it. that cashmere, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, you, you know, I'm glad you brought up my, Monty Python because, again, like I was telling you before, my father was so ingrained in comedy and we watched all that British stuff with Monty Python cool, Red, Red Dwarf was a big thing and Are You Being oh, Served oh, and, right, right, right. you know all, all those shows and but but here you are now you guys are, it's it's like Monty Python Kids in the Hall and everything after you know it goes the state and, and Living and, Color and Living was Color yeah. in the 90s so, yeah. Mr. Show Mr. yeah Mr. Show, show which is a huge massive piece of the pie and, uh, and and you guys obviously have cemented yourselves in history and that's got to 
feel good, man. It's just got to feel good. It, it, when it when comedians work so hard to just get a laugh, be loved, you know, we're all depressed people. <laughs> we just want smiles, you know. And, it does, but we're loved in a weird way. We're loved, uh, may I tell you the Scott Thompson Lemonade Theory of Comedy? Yeah, okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Please. Absolutely. Wait, let me get my notebook out. Yeah, <laughs> Scott Thompson yeah. Lemonade Theory. Um, uh, and it's a comparison to us in Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. Saturday Night Live, um, what Scott's theory is this. 80% of the people like their le- uh, of the world like their lemonade sweet with lots mm-hmm. of sugar. Uh, and uh, there's 80% of the people. That's Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. Only 20% of the people like their lemonade sour without sugar. But the ones who like it love it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's sort of the kits in the hall thing. Oh, that's great. And case in point, uh, the Rolling Stone magazine article that came out a month ago, they had the 100 top show. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. And they had sketch shows. They had the state. Yeah. They had Mr. Show. Uh, they had Key and Peele. But no kids in the hall. But in a way, that's sort of it's deep down. We're sort of happy. Like I read about the Chicago Cub fans that in a way, because they're addicted to losing, yeah. um, they'll be disappointed if they do win the World Series. <laughs> yeah, you're, si- you're, yeah, sort of you're like sitting that. right across the street. Yeah, yeah. right I had to. It was so hard to not be wearing my jersey right now and hat <laughs> and glove and everything. And are you addicted to losing? Will you be disappointed it's, in a way? I, I grew up in Cleveland. It's been nothing but losing my entire life. Uh, you know, also a Cubs fan. You know, the teams leave town. You know, it's so just, it's Cleveland. It's still the same thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Time, yeah. Yeah, Browns. Well, yeah, but you got taste of victory with LeBron. And yeah, yeah. So, so when the Cavs won, I mean, of course we cried. Like it was, it was a weird phenomenon that transcended sports, and, right. and it because it was this moment in time where it's like. It did. We're not a loser. <laughs> right. And wait, what do we do about it? Are we proud? Do we buy a t-shirt? Like, no one knew how to react. <laughs> what you know? do you do this winning thing? What is this winning thing? I don't understand this winning thing. <laughs> exactly. We, we, there was no reason to ever consult the winning rule, you know. So you want to do win. You do want to win the World Series. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's... it's uh, Especially if they were up 3-1, it would be... Uh, yeah. well, no, yeah. well, you want the Cubs to win. Yeah, I want Game the Cubs to win. Game 7 tonight? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm the weird... Oh, you do want the Cubs to win. Oh, yeah, he's so, a diehard Cubs fan, yeah, yeah. So I'm in this weird predicament where my great-grandfather mm-hmm. played for the Indians, and, oh. and so that's the hometown team. But my first little league team was the Cubs, and I played second base, and Ryan Sandberg was my hero, and then oh. I fell in love with Wrigley. And so I have this... It's a win-win for me, right, but, right, right. you know, it, it's I got to go with the Cubs. They're my favorite team, so I <laughs> need right. them to win. Yeah. All right. Okay, well then my original thing, addicted to losing, uh, yeah. uh, sticks to the... <laughs> yeah. Even more addicted to losing, because they got the 108, 108 years. years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what they say. The Chicago Cup fans are addicted to losing, and a lot of them will be a little disappointed if they win. Right. Because there's a cult... I, I get to, that, yeah. They have parties together about... <laughs> yeah, it's they win. commiserate. Yeah. And, and if they lose know. this one, um, uh, because this was the year they were supposed to win, it, 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 they'll really love the losing of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, they made it pretty far last year too, though. Yeah, yeah. Yes, they became yeah, a sports yeah. talk yeah, show. Close. I have no. I'm, I'm leading, <laughs> well, I'm leading the charge. I can speak I a little <laughs> German. Yeah, I was going to say this. You I never had to deal with this with the Toronto Argonauts, <laughs> right? They're always doing well. Yeah, you know the, the, those bastards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Toronto Argonauts. The CFL. They have uh, nine teams. Yeah, and it's really hard not to make the playoffs for that. So well, because uh, the first eight make the playoffs. <laughs> right, right. Well, I, where, where was I? JFL forty two, which is a very cool thing that happens up in Canada that yes. that I went to, and and uh, and I I took in a Toronto Argonauts uh, Montreal Alouettes game, and that's the big rivalry. You know, it's the big deal. Yeah, and it was it was pretty fascinating, man, to see how passionate the people were, and and, and three downs that freak your yeah, out, it's, uh, it's kind of weird. I was a big Warren Moon fan growing up too. Oh he, yeah, he was. He won six out of seven Great Cups. You know, oh yeah, so. and he had until Doug Flutie broke it. He had the record for yards. Sure. What an amazing career. Sorry, I, I know yeah, you're sorry. No, no, no. more German no. than you know. I know Warren Moon. I know Doug Flutie. We're good. <laughs> and, uh, they, he's still an NFL Hall of Famer, even though he got yep. there when he was thirty, right? Yeah, that's pretty. And amazing. he's thrown for more yards than anybody on planet Earth. And that's you know, pretty amazing because yeah, he got there so late. Yep, absolutely. He went to the Bills. 
Houston. Yeah, Houston Oilers. We're talking about Warren Moon or Flutie? War, oh, Warren, Warren Moon. Moon went to Yeah, Flutie Houston. did go to the Bills. Flutie did go. Yeah, okay. Look at that. And Look to that. spin it off sports, he had the Flutie Flakes. They Flutie were great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ate those for breakfast. They Look were that. good. Well, yeah. the, excuse me. Can I get to the hotel? <laughs> we got it, guys. We got it. All right. Well, well back to back to comedy. <laughs> yes. And and everything that you do, uh, uh, and and some people listening who who are, who are young and and are big cartoon fans might recognize your voice from yes. a very famous cartoon called Lilo and Stitch. Yes, probably. Sorry. And one of the most <laughs> awkward rides at Disney down in Orlando. It is an awkward ride because you go in there and you get all this stuff sprayed all over you, and it smells weird. And you you go in hoping you're going to enjoy the situation, and you just leave confused. Yes, I Which, agree. I agree. <laughs> it's a confusing smelling uh, ride. Yeah. Yeah. With my voice every now and then. Yes, with your voice every now and then. You're being confused. That's, a, that's, that's an actual line. Yeah, so what a what a cool gig. You know, the VO world is very, very is something that's fun to play around and you get to do that. And that sort of started me in the uh, VO world. Uh, VOW, I guess uh, we have yeah. called the, the VOW. And uh, it was because one of the directors was a Canadian guy. Uh, and he uh, wow, stick together much? Stick Jesus. together much, <laughs> sort of. And he wanted me to do a voice from a character that I did um, in the Kitchen Hall show, but it's basically just my voice. So uh, the, the one where uh, Dave's an alien, and but he, well, he's an office guy, and someone says, uh, oh, you're wearing a different tie than you were this morning. Well, that doesn't mean I'm an alien. <laughs> okay, you got me. I'm an alien. Then he blows up uh, planet Earth, and then I'm his passive-aggressive boss. Going, oh, did you think that you, we wanted you to blow up planet Earth? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> now, does it feel good or bad when someone wants you to voice a cartoon but not change anything? Uh, you know, just yeah, yeah, just keep talking. You're good. Yeah, or sometimes, I, uh, uh, conversely, I talk normal. And they go, "Can we do less cartoony?" <laughs> this is my voice. So it sound, guys. <laughs> this is my voice. I can't do I'm, anything about it. I'm the man of one voice. <laughs> the man of one voice. Yeah, I had another music anecdote, but I forgot it. <laughs> Cartoons or something. Well, well, let's spin into music because you are a passionate music I guy. Am, and, I am. Yes, yes. And I am. Toronto is one of my personal favorite cities in the world for music because there's so oh. many great music stores there, record yes. stores. And there's still like a record store. Absolutely. There. And so every time I get to sneak up into Toronto, wow. uh, my my wife knows she's gonna lose me for a day. Day and a half because I'm on the hunt, you know, for the rare stuff. Yeah, yeah. But there's so many good stores up there, and and I, I feel like Toronto is a, 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 so supportive of the arts, whether it's comedy and music and all that stuff. But but were, really were you in bands and did you play? And uh, I I was uh, during the kids on holidays. I started a band called Accidentally Cool because I felt that we were accidentally cool, and um, and that's when I started writing. And I have like uh, ten thousand pop songs, and one day I want to record them. But writing comedy songs is harder because it's so hard to. Um, Write a joke that rhymes. Yeah, like, the guys are the. I know people make fun of guitar comics, but my hats off to them. The like the. Sure. It's the hardest thing uh, to, and I, I do one every podcast show. I, I'm gonna write a different. Uh, so, but a joke the rock like a joke is hard enough for me, but you have to make it rhyme. Right. <laughs> and write a song around it. And I know. No. Yeah. And, and now a chorus. Jeez. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So, who did you fall in love with in the early days? Like, what what really sucked you into the music world? Like, what was the? All uh, right. I'll tell you the uh, the 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 uh, trajectory of my uh, musical. First, when I was six or seven. Um, uh, my Aunt Judy, uh, <laughs> she uh, split up with her boyfriend with Saz, so she gave me all her Beatles albums. Okay. So I was obsessed with um, uh, the early Beatles. It was This was like 69. I remember walking over, and so the album covers had the Beatle haircut, and I walked in and saw Abbey Road, and I, I they all looked like Jesus Christ, and, mm -hmm. it, was, and it sort of freaked me out. Uh, so that sort of set my uh, taste uh, going, and then, then I just listened to crap until I was 16, 
I was the. I always think this about rock and roll, which is dead now. But this is what I think about rock and roll. <laughs> but there's two great year, maybe three great years if you count the grunge one. But then that sort of killed rock and roll, so I don't count that. To be 16. Um, my mother was 16 the first great year when Elvis started. Okay. And, and Little Richard and Chuck Berry. And, and then uh, when the Sex Pistols and uh, started, I was 16. So what's that, 78, what? 79? 77. Yeah, oh, 77. Okay. close. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and that was sort of when I really got into music. And then I, I, I like the punky thing, uh, but because of my Beatles thing, if you were punky with melodies, like mm-hmm. the Buzzcocks and the, sure. the yeah. Clash. Made it catchy. The, yeah. yeah, or Elvis The only Costello. band that mattered. Yeah. yeah. The Clash. Love the Clash. <laughs> yeah. When I bought London Calling album, I, 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 I loved it so much, I, 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 I think I slept with it. I hugged it. and oh, I wanted wow. to, I wanted to buy two copies of it. That's, <laughs> that's just so for no funny. reason. I just wanted to buy two well, copies. Well, you had that's, one that you could open and mess with, and then you yeah. had the other one that was in yeah, pristine yeah. condition. Yeah, exactly. Like the backup copy. That's yeah. an album exactly. I actually use uh, when I, I get to an argument with friends that like there's very few records that need to be a double disc or double record or double oh record. yeah we london fight about calling. this in the office london calling the might be one of the beatles only ones. white album beatles yes. white yeah, album yeah, yeah. london calling might be the only one the, the other one i could think of beatles but, white yeah. album could have been an album and a half yeah, yeah some of them have a lot of filler that's my thing and sandinista to, to jump yeah. in the clash should have been a, at least a double album not a triple album that yeah it got a little got a little they, lengthy they went into the filler uh, yeah yeah and that's every song is great but every song goes on too long yeah 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 so like london calling actually the first Clash record i owned was combat rock Ah. Because I love this is a public service announcement with guitars before Know Your Rights kicked uh, in. And right. I was like, oh, that is great. Yeah. And so the other decade, the other time you think is like 94, basically, would be like when yeah. grunge p- peaked, right? Yeah. But that's when I was 16. Hold on. We were, were 16. Like, so we were, that's yeah. what we were. Oh, there you go. There you go. Oh, so that's so why weird. I won. Yeah. You were there for the death rattle. Yeah. <laughs> so this is our lemonade I think, theory. Yes. I think rock still exists. It's just a little tougher to find. It kind of kind of like jazz was very big. Jazz and blues, I think rock kind of will become jazz and blues type I agree thing. it is out there it's, I, it's I there. play music this band, day yeah. and I play rock music yes, yeah. and and it's out there it's it's hard find to find it. but it's it's there it's no longer the pop phenomenon no, yeah. no. It's, it's no. no longer rules pop culture well that right. was the, well that was the year that like almost like well Grunge and alternative music was going this way, and pop culture almost bent towards it. Yeah, you know, it really did have that. Like, cause like, I because it was like Nirvana was going to be Nirvana no matter what. Cause yeah, you know, Kurt Cobain, the whole corporate magazine suck and all that Rolling Stones uh-huh. stuff and whatnot too. But like, radio actually paid attention to it, and I think yeah. that's what that was a tipping point. I don't know if you can get. I don't know if you can do that anymore. Yes, because it, it's so fragmented. Yeah, you I agree. Can't, yeah. And also, you know what you can't do? It's actually a great album. Uh, I, I really. Well, no, that's not true. But, but it's harder and harder that a really great album becomes number one. Yeah, uh, I think Kanye can do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but but it, but it's getting harder and harder that a really great, a, a magical all-time great album becomes number one. Yeah, like it's an tough. instant classic. Yeah, it's yeah, tough. Yeah. I mean, like you well, know. we'll see with this new Chuck Berry album that's been in the works for <laughs> he just announced, yeah, he right? Did. Thirty years. Or but I, I feel like, I feel like I, but I also feel like there are some bands like you know Foo Fighters. Like I love Dave Grohl. I think he might be one of the last rock stars we have on this planet. Right. Yeah. Um, but and I, Weezer. <laughs> yeah, there will always be Weezer. I, Weezer's, like Weezer. I, I love Weezer, Weezer too. Yeah. Their, their last oh, I have a good much too. music story for you. About Weezer. Yeah, about Weezer. Hey, we we got the we. Well, here I'll just tell it now real quick. Okay, yeah, yeah, so yeah, so what was great about where I grew up is we got all this Canadian. We called it Canadian leakage. I apologize for the terminology, <laughs> but R2 we got all this great stuff from Canada, kind of pseudo illegally. If you had the big satellite dish that went in the yard and took up the whole front yard. And one of my favorite things to do was go to my uncle's house in in Akron, and he had a big satellite dish, and we got much music. And it was my and I would every time I'd go sleep over there and hang out with my cousins, I would just say, "Can I use a VCR?" And say, "Yeah." And I'd throw in a VHS tape and just dub however nine hour, however long the tape was and bring it home. 
And I'll never forget the moment that uh, they did this amazing interview with Weezer. It was right between the Blue Album and Pinkerton, which is like the ultimate weird period for yeah. the band. I saw that interview on the, TV. Yeah, oh, you know yeah. what I'm talking about. And and I brought that home. I must have watched it a million times. And I could brag if I had it. We used to have viewing parties and come over. <laughs> but I was just such a big fan of, of Much Music because I felt like they did it just a little differently yeah. than MTV mm-hmm. did. It wasn't as like... I don't want to say cheesy, but it, it was just... It was a little more about the music. Yes, it was more yes. about the music, and I cared about that so much more than yeah. how it was being presented. And, yeah, exactly. And, and I was like, man, they're just killing it on much music. And that's and great. that's a yeah. really interesting Thank time you. for... And that's a really interesting time for Weezer, too. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, Pinkerton came out. It wasn't the hit that everyone thought it was. And now, now, it's, 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 now it's a classic. Now but it's everybody's... Time, yeah. but, but, at the time, uh, but, it was like... Fans didn't like it. So I should hear Pinkerton again, because when I bought it, I was disappointed, and I yeah. haven't heard it since that time. Yeah. Uh, but the last song that is the last song with the one the song the about butterfly? the butterfly. Yeah, yeah. it's one of the best songs. So good. Maybe the, the, best the song album is, is flawless, but ten years after the fact, it kind of caught on. Like I, it really yeah. wasn't the commercial success. It was. Will I like it more? Success. Will I like it oh, more? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, it's, it's, it's my favorite Weezer record. Yeah. Like you know, I, I, man, I, El Scorcho, I didn't hate it Tired of Sex. I didn't hate it. I was a little disappointed, though. I, but I knew the butterfly was a great song live too. I saw that tour. Matt Sharp was still in the band. Yeah, and they. Everybody left the stage wow. and it was just Rivers and Pat and Pat was just doing the kick drum, oh, you know, wow. during the song and and it was so emotional, man. It was a great moment. Yeah, it's it it's good. the best Weezer record. Hands Thing down. is, he uh, River Cuomo has soul. He doesn't use it all the time. Yeah. Right. But uh, but 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 crushing something that you love too much, like yeah. uh, mm-hmm. that's like a, an amazing idea for a sure, uh, for absolutely. A pop song, yeah. So Rivers Cuomo was in a band called Avant Garde before Weezer, and it's straight up hair metal. Do you know about this? I knew that he was hair <laughs> metal. But I didn't know about uh, it. Just go on YouTube, type in you know <laughs> Rivers Cuomo Avant Garde or whatever. It's it'll blow your mind. You can't even believe that he's in Weezer after. Yeah, after I mean he's, it. he's yeah. one of those guys where like he's just I, torture genius is probably a weird way to put it, but like you know that I would see that's probably thrust upon him at, at times. Right. But uh, you know he. I I mean, some of the stuff that guy's written are just like they're beautiful songs. It's yeah, so yeah. Sure. And like you know, there's there's filler, and there's definitely some albums that didn't need to exist after you know that didn't need to. come But he out can or, write a great hook. He can write yeah. a great like seventies. I would say Slade. I don't know if you guys are too. Sure. Yeah. No, Slade and Weezer were the mm-hmm. greatest hook writers. Yeah, I, I I would I would agree with that too. And, and uh, I like Yellow. They're I, a big good good hooks when it comes, too, when, when it comes yeah, to power pop though, yeah, Fountains yeah. Wayne. Yeah, I think Fountains Wayne. Oh, yeah, yeah, he can write a power pop song. These guys. Uh, you know, I could, I, I would put Fountains Wayne up. Jellyfish is really good. Next to yeah. yeah, yeah, they're the ones that sound like Brian Wilson, right? Yes. Yeah, yes, yeah, I, I yeah. do like that. Yes, they can write a good, tasty. Yeah, yeah I mean, too. like Power Pop, man. There's some great stuff in Power Pop. I love Power Pop. Yeah, totally. So. My first concert, I, I, I think we called them Power Pop uh, when I was uh, 16, mm-hmm. uh, was um, uh, Cheap Trick. Oh, oh yeah, sure, 100. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, then I mean, they, uh, he could write a great hook for sure. Oh, 100. That's Power Pop, isn't that? Yeah, I would definitely classify that as Power Pop. 100. 100. down. Yeah. Well, this is a great conversation. I'm oh, having. dude, yeah, like good. I'm glad you comedy. It's like that's that's yeah. what we are. That's yeah, all just, we talk about at work. And then they're like, oh, we got to get to some work. <laughs> so, yeah, well, we nerd out about. So we just figure out a way to make it part of what our, our job is too. So, so what other bands are you into then? If we want to go down this route. Uh, oh, uh, the, okay. In the '80s, uh, Dave Foley and I, who have the same taste, were obsessed with the replacements and the yes. Pixies. Oh, yeah. the Pixies, of course. New album just came out. Pixies. Oh, really? Because the one a few years ago was really good. Yeah, they just had a new one come out. Yeah. Thank you very much. I'll go back. Pixies. 
replacements are hands down my top two of my top five favorite mm-hmm. bands. Yes, easily. And, and we uh, we sort of uh, relate to them mm-hmm. because in the way that they paid for Nirvana, yep, uh, we feel that we paved uh, <laughs> for many Nirvanas. I, sure. Well, Kurt Cobain has gone on record saying they're basically just a Pixies cover band. He has said that on record in interviews. That right. Nirvana is a Pixies cover band, but Alex Chilton by the Replacements might be my favorite song. And Big time. Star. Uh, Big Star. Uh, I love Big Star. I did, like in 1992, it was cool to, but I swear to God, I did got into him a few years earlier because yep. of the replacement yep. song uh, Alex Chilton mm-hmm. but Chris Bell yeah. is, uh, is as good as Alex Chilton 100% uh, like, 100% and he's never talked about uh, by us music nerds so I'm glad we're doing it now dude I'm just we, we, I gotta just soak this up <laughs> this is happening <laughs> this is happening <laughs> no one's yelling at me when did Alex Chilton die 2013 yeah they were supposed to be on a panel we were at South by Southwest oh, it, was, no. it, was during, it was in March it was the week of South by Southwest he was supposed to be on a panel the next day in Austin and he was supposed to perform that night uh, and, and that night just basically everyone in Austin who were musicians just kind of went to that show and just did like almost like a tribute to yeah, Alex nice. Chilton stuff. but I was just like oh my god I can't believe this like I'm here I have to go see this and like I was I was like all set to see Alex Chilton and like literally he didn't make it like an extra day and it was just wow. like oh wow it was very, it was very weird I talk so. about Torture Geniuses the two oh, of them like dude, Chris yeah. Bell yeah. And, like, every night I tell myself <laughs> I am the cause do we have to get the copyright for that <laughs> uh, no no I think it's, uh, it's coming like, under parody based on that performance <laughs> yeah. Oh, Kevin, good, good. Every night I tell myself, I am like September girls love that song by those guys. That is like the. the why is that not a hit? Why doesn't some uh, uh, like a band nowadays who can't write songs cover that and get a hit with it? I don't know. And then oh. what's and then what's uh, Seventeen, which is like, won't you let me? That's like really yeah. fragile. And oh yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I love that song. It's like a beautiful wedding song. Um, well, there, there's a <laughs> Katy Perry, who you know, obviously a huge pop star, covered a Fountains of Wayne song. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. she covered Hackensack. Really? Off That's of, uh, of all the places. Yeah, of all the of, uh, of all the, the songs, Western. she covered Hackensack from Fountains of Wayne. Uh, off of got, Welcome like, Interstate Managers. Wow! Yeah. And everyone's like, "Oh my God, I love this song. It's so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Like, what a what, unbelievable!" And I'm like, "These Fountains people, you know." And you can tell by your earlier work, she's obviously. Yeah. She was headed towards a more yeah, indie... Yeah, she was uh, more rocker. Yeah, yeah, she was of, more yeah, rocker. Yeah. And more indie rocker. Um, yeah, sure. And, and then the, the other took off, and she, she does it as cool as she can do it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've taken I my so. stepdaughter to, uh, to Katy Sure. I, I wouldn't did mind you, seeing Katy Did you enjoy it? I did enjoy it. Yeah, you did. There's no reason it. you shouldn't. She's had some Mar- great songs. Mark and I ended up at a Miley Cyrus show once. Well, she's also... I'll tell you this. She can sing. She's got the voice. She can She can kind of, like, if she just kind of gets rid of, like, the shtick... Yeah. She could be like really impressive. As well, far the as, flaming yeah. lips like her. There's gonna yeah, be something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Co- Cohen's on board. What are they called? Uh, Miley yeah. Cyrus's Dead Pets, I think, is the project mm-hmm. that they call with the flaming lips, something like that. So. What an interesting band, the flaming lips. Oh, yeah, so I know. Weird. I'll, I'll never and they've been around forever. You forget for, that. Oh, Ever. so long. Many and, people know them as one-hit wonders. Yeah, from, yeah. You know, she don't use jelly, but they have yeah. such a long storied, uh, storied career. It's crazy. Well, when that Zurika four-disc album came yeah. out, where you had to play all the discs at the same time. <laughs> too much hard work. Yeah, way too much. Well, <laughs> but brilliant, brilliant idea. Fortunate for me, it happened. You could probably while, do it in this room, actually. You could yeah, do it. Could do it in this room. You could do it. With the, you had the turntables. You could do. Our, yeah, we got one over there. Yeah, we'll just I'm take sure, Nina Simone off. I'm sure we could make it happen in this building if we wanted to. But I want to hear. Did you do it? I want. So, yeah, yeah, sorry. yeah, so I was very fortunate because when that came out, it was 97. Yeah, something I, like that. Freshman in college. So, of course, it's the perfect setup. Everyone's <laughs> combining dorm rooms. We're all doing crazy stuff. 
And I was like, guys, I got my hands on this. I don't know how to use it, but we got to figure it out. So we, sure enough, we cleared out someone's dorm room, moved the beds out, moved the desks out, got everything out of there. And we set up four stereos, right, in each corner of the room right. and had just enough room in the middle for us all to sit. And we had to do the three, two, one, go. Nope, didn't get it. Three, oh. two, one, go. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Why are you so slow, Pete? Have you been drinking? <laughs> Three, two, one, go. So we finally got it to the point where it was like close enough because the whole point of the project was that, you know, these CD players, they don't play at the same speeds and everything. Right. And so so these recorded tracks would go in and out of each other and the drums would move from like disc four to disc two halfway through a song and then disc three would have the guitars oh, okay. and then they would switch. It did it sound like music? Or? It did. And it was really neat. It was just a fascinating Were like, they songs? oral experience. Yeah, yeah. Like with lyrics? Instrumental or? songs. Oh, yeah, instrumental yeah, songs yeah. and stuff. But it was a. How do they even record it? it I, you got me. There, there's a big. They probably recorded it all at once, and, and then just kind of like took different parts oh. of the board. Yeah. Probably how, that's how I would assume they have, they would have done. But just a cool band moving things forward, just saying, yeah. hey, we're gonna throw you know <laughs> yeah. throw this out there and see yeah. what happens. See, my freshman year, it was Pink Floyd and uh, Wizard of Oz. It was Dark Side. Oh, Wizard of Oz. No. Like, Come on, guys, <laughs> we gotta do it. It's like this isn't over yet. Like this has been years. <laughs> this has been a thing. So well, anyone that can write a great pop melody and do something weird like that yeah. is, is like number one. Sure. Sure. And, and, and Wayne Coyne loves walking on people in a big ball. He's been yeah. doing that for years. I well, mean, uh, I've never met him, but he's a guy I should ask to do my uh, podcast. Who's oh, one hundred percent. I can imagine uh, him saying, "Oh, I'm a big fan of the Kids of I've never heard him say that. I, I, know that's I could see him being a huge fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I First of all, who's not? But I also, oh, that's very I feel like, like, but I also with all seriousness, man, like you like, should go after whoever you want. Yeah, go. Well, Jeff Tweedy, I met once, and he, uh, uh, he backstage, he love Wilco. I love you guys. So I'm going to ask him to do my podcast. You should absolutely do that. Love Wilco. Yeah. So who's on the list? Yeah, Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. Perfect. Yeah, 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 perfect, perfect record. Perfect. Yeah, it is a perfect record. Yeah, I have a, I have a big list. Uh, let's see, I remember it. First of all, I'm gonna, you know, the Kitchen Hall uh, in the '90s. We toured at the same time as the Black Crows. Okay. And we were supposed to be indie rock guys, but without before we met the Black Crows, we all um, one by one. It was a guilty pleasure. We admitted. I think Bruce was the first one. I have the Black Crows record. I like it. They go, Bruce, thank God, I have it. I was hiding. From the guy. And <laughs> it's good records. Twice I as love hard. that that was everyone's like guilty pleasure, like hard. under yeah. the under the rug, like yeah. And then so, everyone got into it. Yes. And then um, I, this is not the answer to your question. But here's my black crow. The yeah. night we met the Black Crows, we uh, were playing. We were touring. We played Atlanta. I guess we just met the drummer of the Black Crows at night. But we, uh, you know, our Doors uh, sketch <laughs> where uh, it's a record store. Oh sketch yeah, sure, yeah. Where yeah. Uh, Bruce is the weird record guy. Mm -hmm. I want to get into something new. He says, "We'll get in the Doors, buy their seventh album first, <laughs> steal the card." <laughs> it's <laughs> so true. It's so, it's so true. It's so true. <laughs> but before that, I, I say, "Well, what should I get into?" And I name three groups uh, like Depeche Mode. And he goes, "Sucks." <laughs> the bangle sucks and so we thought it'd be funny in Atlanta if I yelled because uh, Atlanta's where they're from right if I said the black crows and he said sucks and then the audience would boo us and we would enjoy that mm -hmm. so I go black crows and he goes sucks and the audience stands up and cheers because <gasps> oh. you're never big in your hometown like yeah. your hometown, you're what an here. awkward yeah. backfire I know. <laughs> like they're, they're <laughs> laughing and loving you I know <laughs> And then backstage, we're uh, we're feeling guilty, so we play the black. We're playing the black crows, mm -hmm. and comes uh, walks in uh, this tall guy. By his arms, you could tell he's a drummer. He said, uh, "Hi, I'm Steve Gorman, the drummer of the Black Crows. Um, I'm a big fan. I wanted to let you know when you said the Black Crow sucks, I knew you were calling me to come backstage." <laughs> it was like his bat signal. <laughs> his bat signal. 
And that leads to another story that I shouldn't tell where one of us was arrested for, because uh, we hung out with the Black Crows after that night, <laughs> and uh, one of us was arrested for peeing in front of the security guard outside the bar. Oh, nice. <laughs> that's probably another story. That's probably one of those things where it's like, guys, just got to go around the corner. Like, yeah, come yeah, on, yeah, like, yeah. you're right here. I have to do something. Oh, yeah. It was so easy. He just, just had to. There. Didn't make just, it. Sorry. He just had to move like 20 feet. <laughs> But he, uh, but he did it. I guess I won't say his name. <laughs> well, I don't think it's you. So it's we got not me. You're, you're not telling the you're telling the story. So, so I'd be you. very clever. Uh, yeah, yeah, that would be <laughs> throw him off super the trail. Throw him off the trail. Yes. Uh, so, for, what room did you play when you were down in Atlanta? Because they have beautiful theaters down there. I know. Yeah. We played a few places, and I forget them all. Uh, I forget all the names. I'm sure, uh, the Roxy. The, that could be it. Yeah, uh, that's Was it. That's it the Tabernacles? Only one is that down there? Yeah, too? Tabernacles. Yes, awesome. that, that's for sure. We it's played the, the once in one of our tours. We played there for sure. Cool. Yeah, it's a great room. It's and I room. have lots of people on my list. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who's got the list? Who the Black so Rose, uh, Frank Black, uh, the mm -hmm. Jeff Tweedy, um, yeah. uh, Amy Mann, because we just did Ted oh, Leo, and now her um, and uh, someone else. I forgot as I was saying, Amy Mann. Oh, Liz Fair. All people like I'm a '90s act. So yeah, yeah, sure. guided by voices. Um, yeah. get, get them. Uh, get, get, just, just call Bob Pollard and be like, "Yo, I got some alcohol." Yeah, for yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, Ohio right pride. There. Then it'll be the old joke. Knock, knock. Yeah. <laughs> How did you get so quick? <laughs> That's a horrible. Well, uh, whatever. You... <laughs> I'm sorry, Rob Pollard. I hope you still do my podcast. <laughs> yeah, sorry. No, hopefully, he's not listening to this podcast. Wait, when's he coming on yours? We'll hold this off till then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't asked him yet. Let me ask him right now. Before is this live? All right, well, Kevin, we only have a little bit more time here with you. And, and it's flown by. I know, yeah, it's I know. crazy. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Oh, and picking your brain. And, uh, one of our favorite things to ask everybody is, uh, when did you realize you weren't going to be a professional athlete? Yes. When did that moment in time happen for you? Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, and it, uh, it sort of crystallized the same time I realized I was going to be a comedian. Because it was uh, during gym class in grade seven when I was uh, doing the 100-yard dash and I, like I did it in 22 seconds, um, and the gym teacher got mad at me. He said, what were you doing for 22 seconds? And, well, actually, I had time to do my homework. <laughs> and the class laughed, and that was sort of my first legal joke. Uh, and, <laughs> and then I realized that as I was puffing from my asthma inhaler, that, <laughs> that I wasn't going to uh, uh, play for the Buffalo Bills and that it was going to be um, uh, comedy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. That's great. It's a good one. Yeah, one, one second per yard is not a good time. That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I guess, uh, oh, we, we usually ask people, and this kind of puts you on the spot, so if you can't answer, it's okay. all good. We can skip it. Uh, uh, we always, we like to ask our guests uh, to defend a movie, a movie that no one else likes. Oh, I got one. But you <laughs> cherish it. Yeah, you cherish it, and you will defend it till the end of time. And what is that movie? Uh, Ishtar. Okay. Uh, Ishtar came out in 1987, mm -hmm. and I saw it with Dave Foley. And um, we saw the opening night because we were excited because it was an Elaine May movie. Okay. And Elaine May movie uh, was uh, Elaine May was like a, one of our top comedy geniuses, and we laughed all the way through it. We we maybe we thought it was a little bit square, but it, but it like it got it dug out all the comedy of being bad songwriters in the desert. It was like a Bob mm -hmm. Hoping crowd, and we loved yeah. it. And then on Monday we're reading that it's the biggest bomb <laughs> in um, in movie history, and that people not only is it a bomb, but people are actually hating it because. I guess you, uh, it would cost $50 million, and I, nowadays that'd be like $400 million yeah, or something. Yeah, that's a lot. So for a little tiny comedy, because um, right. uh, Elaine May is also, no, I shouldn't say this, uh, but she, she spent more money than she uh, than she probably needed to, yeah. but she is a comedy genius, and I will defend that. In fact, I uh, show movies up where I'm living in Winnipeg, 
uh, to uh, once a month, and I showed that, and the audience really liked it. Oh, nice! Uh, yeah, and, it's uh, it's the Pinkerton of uh, it's the of comedies. Well, <laughs> it isn't the Pinkerton because it, no, it's uh, it's still not considered a comedy. Yeah, it recognizes Brady it. after the fact. I don't know. Yeah, that works. We, we we're going to change much. that today. We're yes. changing that right here. Hey, either H star or brain candy. I would. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, don't. brain candies definitely. Yeah, there's, there are people that love brain candy. Yeah, that'll yeah, be our. That'll people be our, who saw it seem to like it. That is very easily defendable. Yeah, well, that'll be our last question because when when you guys have the success that you did. You, you know, you get the show. Like you, you told us a great story about getting 20 episodes versus six or eight or getting the trial run. And and you get to the point where it's movie time. Yeah. You know, you, yes. you it's like, all right, this is big enough now. Got to do the movie. Yes. It, were you guys freaking out? I mean, that's a big responsibility, a lot of pressure because – that's also going to be the gateway, unfortunately, for some people to discover you. Oh, absolutely. And, and not know that you ever were a thing before that. Absolutely. I mean, so, so what was that period in time like for you and the guys? You good know, putting, putting good questions. Good. Yeah, you guys got good questions. Here. <laughs> uh, we try. Well, first of all, our plan, our blueprint, there's only one blueprint in sketch comedy back then anyway, and that was Monty Python. Mm -hmm. So we figured we'd do five shows of a TV series like they did, like five years, mm -hmm. five seasons, and then we would do um, a movie every four years. That was the plan. When Brain Candy bombed, uh, sometimes we call Brain, uh, brain Candy uh, cost eight million, uh, gross three million. That's our nickname for it. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's the book, right, with the extended the book, title. Yeah. And but before it bombed, uh, we were sort of half freaking out and half excited by well, we were we're doing the next phase of our career because we had dreamed this when we were just a club act and we got the TV show and we so we just assumed that we were going to be um, and now we do it on a, a B kind of level where we get together to tour every um, mm -hmm. uh, three four but anyway, um, um, it was kind of freaking. We only got the movie because of uh, Wayne's World because uh, Lauren Michaels had produced Wayne's World. And then the Paramount was so happy with Lauren. They had him sign a contract for five years and a movie a year. And I, I could just imagine the meeting. So, Lauren, tell us the next movie you're going to make. Well, it stars the kids in the hall. <laughs> sorry? <laughs> <laughs> Who? I'm sorry? I'm sorry. Is, is that is a children's movie? I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but anyway, we got it. Who and what? <laughs> and it took us like a year and a half to uh, sort of um, write it. Mm -hmm. So it was a slow freak out. And it was the worst time of our lives. Uh, my wife left me. Um, uh, on my birthday, um, oh, there were two suicides in our families. Uh, yeah. Scott and mine, uh, Dave Foley and I, uh, who are the, the closest guys in the troop, had, had a split up. Um, and Dave uh, refused to do the movie. Only he refused to do the movie the day after he signed the contract. <laughs> so he had to do the movie. He was going to be the lead. Uh, I was forced to do the lead, which isn't my bag, but I, I, I tried my best. It would have been much better, I think, because Dave, like in news radio, he's got that Gene Wilder yeah. thing where he can be a straight man and funny at the same time. Uh, I had trouble. In fact, so I went totally straight man on a lot of takes. And I remember uh, Kelly Macon, like after take three, go, Kevin, you know, you can be funny. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but I owe yeah, so It's much kind of a rough note yeah. to get. Yeah. <laughs> and who does uh, their first movie, a comedy about depression? Yeah. Oh, and my, yeah. uh, my, my uh, long answer with this. Uh, the, um, I, I always, because my Aunt Judy, I always compare things to the Beatles. Um, uh, you, you know, they had their early albums, and then She Loves You, I Want to Be, uh, hold your, I Want to Hold Your Hand, and a couple of years later, then they did Rubber Soul, they did Revolver, they did Sgt. Pepper. With Brain Candy, uh, we never did our uh, She uh, Wants a uh, I Want to Hold Your Hand. We moved right into uh, uh, Rubber Soul, I think. Yeah. <laughs> we went right for the big stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and we probably, Brain Candy probably would have been even better if it was our second or third movie. Mm, like yeah, Life of Brian sort of is a maturity yeah, thing over sure. Holy Grail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure, that absolutely. Sense. I, 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 one of my favorite lines from Brain Candy, I think is in the, it's, I think it might actually be the opening scene, is like where the, the woman comes home and she asks her kids where the, uh, dad's <laughs> at and he's upstairs masturbating to gay porn. <laughs> yes. I just found that line so funny. And then the mom says, 
again. <laughs> I'm like, what is this? This is the greatest. I remember because that came out probably when I was around just starting college or just leaving like mm-hmm. high school, and I just remember that line just like resonating. I'm not gay. I don't. I didn't have any gay friends at the time, but I just thought that was like. Just such a matter of fact about like dad being upstairs messing yeah. with the game. Yeah, it's a weird thing to hear Maybe first, in, so a, hard. first I mean, in a movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's Cisco and, have you heard that Cisco and Ebert, when they did the movie, Cisco liked it, and Ebert not only did not like it, he refused to talk about it. <laughs> really? And Cisco said, Roger! But he signed that contract the day after. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He signed the contract. Well, the whole, that's very funny. The whole conversation is Gene being shocked. Roger, it's your job. You've got to talk about it. Right. Nope, I'm not even going to talk about it. Just like not even acknowledge it as a movie, <laughs> Wow. Uh. Oh, well, to, to wrap this all up and bring it back to, to Weezer yes. and their video with the Muppets. Yes. And, and, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Waldorf and, um, Waldorf and Statler, Statler and Waldorf, Statler Waldorf of the Bleachers. Yeah. After the video ended, they said, uh, hey, that wasn't half bad. They were I know, bad. it was all bad. <laughs> <laughs> so it's with your uh, Siskel and Ebert, right? You you get the... Excellent way to end this interview. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, look, you haven't been kicked out of kids in the hall yet, so we all not appreciate yet. that. I'm starting the petition. Right. We, we appreciate that. So thank you for letting us play with your brain for a while, Kevin. We really appreciate it. Congrats on the new podcast. Thank you very much. Um, and uh, if you could please direct everybody where they need to go so they can discover it, so they can find it, so they can yes. follow you and all that good stuff. Yes, uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, g- g- iTunes, I guess. We'll We'll, we'll, we'll do a computer voice in there. Yeah, yeah. We'll <laughs> do a Kevin much. McDonald computer Jamming voice. in there after yeah. po- fix it and post. I'm sorry about the stand. <laughs> oh, it's fine. It's oh, yeah, fine the, oh, the glue's set. I can put it set. in now. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, you could have used it the whole time. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, All right, sorry. thanks, Kevin. A thank pleasure, Thank you very much. Man. I had a lot of fun. I'm not even lying. Oh, thank, well, thank you. Thank you. Hey, that was Kevin McDonald of Kids in the Hall joining us, and he was awesome. Now i got to let you know about Robert Kelly. He's on the road for his national True Story comedy tour. It's happening right now. Kelly is a 20-year comedy veteran of the comedy club, TV, and movies. You might know him as Louis C.K.'s brother on the hit FX show Louis, or as Bam Bam on Dennis Leary's Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll, or from his most recent Netflix special, Live at the Village Underground. He's also the host of the popular YKWD podcast. You know what, dude? On the Ridecast Network, it's our home. The True Story Tour takes Robert Kelly across the nation, reaching 23 markets as he performs in traditional comedy clubs as well as rock venues. You can follow the action using the hashtag TrueStory. And be sure to visit robertkellylive.com to get tickets. Do it. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. Matt, uh, this was... It's already my favorite. I know. It's already my favorite one. We we turned the pot. We turned the, uh, the the microphones off, and Kevin's like, "This was great. This was yeah, great. I had so just, much fun. One, do it again." Yeah, he like, just great, kept so. going on and on. That was yeah, very yeah. sweet of him very to do. Sweet. He didn't. And then even one last. Yeah. On the way out, he's, he's like, "Guys, seriously, steps. I'm not joking." <laughs> And awesome I want to just make sure that it's clear. And what an what an awesome dude! Yeah, awesome great dude. stories great he stories. told us. And and uh, I don't know if we if we had to guess which uh, kids in the hall guy got arrested, who would it be? <sighs> I'm thinking Scott. You th- I, I think Scott Thompson. too. Yeah. I think I, that, it's Scott that, as well. That, that kind of reads Scott Thompson. Yeah, that's it. Seems like his kind of move. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Well, huge uh, thank yous to everybody who uh, helped out with this. Again, we want to thank Kevin McDonald for being a part of the show. Uh, we want a huge thank you and huge hug to Sonos for yeah. giving us a home. Adam and Sean and all those guys for Sonos. Yeah, and make sure you check out the sh- the Sonos stuff, whether it's online or again, if you're in New York City, yeah. I can't tell you it's how cool, cool this cool experience. Yeah, this flagship store is money. They just have they have these like mini houses yeah, like built inside the store simulate like an apartment simulate a living, a living room, room a bedroom all that kind of stuff it's really and, really cool yeah and they show off how the product works and everything it's it's, it's cool. just great stuff so so make make sure you check out the sonos gear 
And uh, I want to thank everybody involved with uh, the New York Comedy Festival as well, that, that allow, allowing us to run around and, mm-hmm. and do our thing and yeah. cover comedy, man. It's It's been great. So, Matt, that's going to do it for this week. I don't know how we're going to top this, but we'll we're going to do it. it. Yeah, we gonna, will figure it out. We're going to figure it out. But uh, cheers, everybody. Make sure you download this, rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends about it. Follow us on all the socials, wherever you can put in the laugh button. Follow us personally at I am Kleinschmidt. I am at Mark says hi. And of course, the laugh button.com for all the latest interviews, reviews, stories, and news. Thank you.